Wonderful, wonderful. Well, for all of those who feel that there's still some unfinished business this morning uh, with that song, I want you to know we're going to be, um, we haven't finished with it this morning, and uh, we're going to be singing that song again at the end, and there's going to be an opportunity uh, at the end of the service for some, I think, probably quite unique ministry this morning, and I want you to know that you are all invited to be a part of that, but uh, I'll explain that a little more as we go on. I want to talk this morning about what it is to be blessed. What it is to be blessed. Uh, you know, Pastor Bob and Maggie Lawson, uh, obviously with us, Pastor Bob's here this morning. Um, such an important couple uh, for us, uh, personally, for us in this church, amen, um, for us in this movement. Um, as you know, Pastor Bob's pastored, planted many churches, pastored many churches, raised up huge numbers of leaders. We have uh, many churches right now are pastored by leaders that he's raised, uh, him and Maggie have raised. They're absolute legends in my book. Uh, they're generals in this nation and very, very much uh, a father and mother uh, in this nation within Elam for many, many people. And they are blessed. Like if you get to know them, this, just realize there's something good going on in their world. There's something on them. If you visit their home, their home is beautiful. Their home has this world-class view out over the sea. These guys travel the world. They walk in the power of God. They have made such a difference in their lifetime thus far, in this nation, in many people's lives. There are many people in this nation who look to them for pastoral guidance, for wisdom, for insight. And they have seen their children and their children's children and their children's children's children in church, knowing God, carrying something of the kingdom in them. I mean, these guys are blessed. And yet, there have been battles. There have been valleys. I know just a tiny bit of some of the battles they have been through, the strains they have endured, the loads that they have carried, the lean times, the desert times. They've been through horrific things. You know, times when their daughter was abducted. Times when they haven't had the money to pay the bills. Times when they've had colleagues fall in immorality, uh, which is a big deal in this business, this business of God. And they have had to clean it up and carry it for our movement. They have been through times when friends have turned against them. They have been through the tests of unfairness, the tests of betrayal, the tests of loss, and yet they are blessed. There's just a sense of God with them, for them, working through them. There is an anointing on them that defies the difficulties, that defies the years. There is just something. They are blessed. I want to say today that this is the key lesson, right? That the blessed life is not the trouble-free life. It is the overcoming life. I'm going to say that again because it's unbelievably important. The blessed life is not the trouble-free life, but it is the overcoming life. And I'm going to talk more about that as we go through this morning. You see, it's not nice if we have God's blessing. It's essential that we have God's blessing. We need to be blessed precisely because there will be battles, precisely because there will be obstacles, precisely because there is an enemy out there. That is why we need this 
this blessing, this thing on our lives. We need the blessing of God. So what is the blessing? It's from the Hebrew word barak, from Genesis 1.22, where God created life, it says, and he blessed them. The first time blessing occurs in Scripture. He blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Now, for those of you who have been around Bible study for a few years, you've heard of the, the idea of the principle of first mention, which is an intriguing thing. It basically says that whenever we come across a concept or an idea in the Scriptures for the very first time, what we tend to find is that the keys for understanding that concept for the rest of Scripture we find in that first Scripture. Now, when it comes to this, then we need to realize that Understanding what blessing means is we have, to need, we have to understand God's intention with regards to fruitfulness and multiplication. You see, blessing then is about fruitfulness. It's about getting results in your life. It's about producing something that others come to you for. It's about having something from your life that feeds others, nourishes others, that makes a difference in other people's lives. It's also carries something about being blessed about having something in you that is so good that others want to have it replicated in them. That it that be multiplied out beyond yourself. That is the essence of blessing. You see, that's why, that's why we have to have it. If you're not blessed, you're not going to reach your potential. And potential is a key concept when it comes to understanding blessing. If you're not blessed, you're not going to make a difference for good. If you're not blessed, you are not going to multiply what is good in you in others. You see, blessing is what allows the seed put into dry ground to put down roots and put up shoots and become something. Blessing is what allows the spiritual person in an unbelieving world to thrive and grow and multiply and be fruitful and make a difference for God. Blessing is like, it's kind of like a spiritual rain that comes down and soaks into us. And it allows the man or woman of God to put down those strong roots, to push up a mighty tree in all weather, in, every, in any place that it is planted, and against all odds. That's what the blessing does. And the people of God would be blessed in the same way that someone is healed, or maybe in the same way that salvation comes to us. It is proclaimed, and then it is received in faith, by trust. It's a funny thing. God told Moses to tell Aaron and the priests to bless the nation of Israel, to speak it out over them, to proclaim it over this nation. Those words... Received and believed have a, a creative power in them that goes to work on the inside of a person and starts to produce things in their life. So this morning, I want us to take a little bit of a closer look at blessing. And in particular, I want to look at this particular blessing, the one we've sung about this morning, because there's something powerful in this. Let me take you to Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you priest, uh, peace. Sorry. 
Now, now God gave Moses and God gave the priests the authority to bless in his name. This is intriguing. And, and God is also a father, and God also go, gave fathers the the authority to bless. And of course, now in the new covenant, that's fathers and mothers. But I want to talk about the power of father's blessing today. So a blessing like that, is, it's a prophetic gift. It's a creative gift. When Abraham blessed his sons, what is fascinating is that the things that he spoke over his sons' lives came to pass. The words were prophetic declarations from the Holy Spirit. Now, this is key, about God's potential for that person, God's intended potential. Do you realize that when you were born, when God thought you up, he already had in mind the potential for your life? What is possible for your life? Abraham blessed his sons. He blessed Isaac. Then Isaac blessed his sons. Later on, he blessed his grandsons. His son Jacob blessed his sons. In fact, Jacob also blessed Pharaoh of Egypt. Now, this is important. Why? Because some fathers curse their sons. That's a tragedy. Some fathers curse their sons. You'll never amount to anything. You are hopeless. You are useless. These are the, some of the utterances that, that sometimes fathers and sometimes mothers speak out over their children. God forbid. Why? Because those things have power. Oh, I, it was just something I said. I, I shouldn't have said it. Unfortunately, the problem is in the speaking, there is a power. And that is why it's so important for us to receive the blessing from God. And, and later on, like I mentioned earlier, later on at the end of the service, we're going to offer an opportunity for you. You don't have to take it. But if you've never received a father's blessing in your life, there's going to be an opportunity for you to come and we're going to get a few of our fathers in the faith up here to speak that priestly blessing, that blessing of God over your life. Because I tell you, it is powerful. So there were these specific prophetic blessings and then there was this general prophetic blessing for every follower of God who's willing to trust and obey. And it's not a guarantee of a problem-free existence, right? It's not a guarantee of a problem-free existence. Israel still had God-chosen battles to fight. But it was like in those battles, somehow in those challenges, in those circumstances, in trusting and obeying, their realized potential because of the blessing that was upon them, was enough to prevail and to overcome every time, no matter what came against them. And that is, that is the blessing, the power of the blessing in our lives. That in that blessing, in whatever circumstances we find ourselves, the blessing of God empowers us to prevail and overcome no matter what comes our way. You see, the blessing is a supernatural empowering to overcome all earthly limitations. It is God's intended state for every one of us. You know, when I was at Varsity, man, I was miles away from God. I was a heavy drinker. I was involved in all kind of stuff. And, and I still remember, you know, my parents would write me letters all the time. Ah, oh, write me letters. I'd read the letters. I'd throw them away. But you know what? There's one of those letters I've always kept. And do you know why? Because in this letter, my dad spoke this priestly blessing over my life. He wrote in this letter. Somewhere in the middle of it, he said, My son, the Lord bless you and keep you. Huh. 
I've always kept that letter. It made no sense to me. It made no sense to me for years. Couldn't understand it, but something about those words. I wasn't a believer. I was miles from God. And yet something about those words. I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't think I'd ever heard those words before. It's something about those words went deep into my soul, became an anchor somehow, somewhere in me, just because he spoke it over my life. This year, there's an assurance that comes when you know that you're blessed, a sense that failure will not hamper you, that your history will not define you, that your fears will not overcome you. It's, it's a powerful thing. There's a comfort that comes when you know that you are blessed because you're not at the mercy of fate anymore. God is in your corner. God is with you. He is beside you in whatever comes. Thirdly, there is a confidence that comes when you know that you are blessed. Something that says that if I'm not weak, then I must be strong, even if I don't feel it. If I cannot fall, then why don't I try and push a little bit? If I'm blessed to win, then maybe I need to start acting like that. And the devil hates the power of blessing. I mean, listen to this. The devil hates the power of blessing. He hates that God blesses if we trust and obey. So that is why he tries so hard to destroy our faith. Tries so hard to destroy our trust in Jesus with lies and fear and offense. I mean, listen to the power of this in Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God, this is the blessings of faith. And if you carefully follow all his commands I give you today, Moses writes, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings, here it is, will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and you'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies that rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction and they will flee from you from seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. Honestly, it just goes on and on and on and on. That's why the devil wants to destroy our trust and our obedience in Him. The devil hates that sons can be blessed by their fathers. So he works to separate fathers and sons, cut off the blessing before it can be uttered. Have there ever been as many fatherless generations in existence than the day and age we live in today? And the devil hates that the blessing flows down from the head this picture of unity we get in Psalm 133 from leaders to those who follow, from Aaron to the people of God. And so he tries to get us to despise, mistrust, and reject leadership. He tries to disrupt our unity because he knows that in that place of unity, there is a blessing that God commands. And as with all things, right, of God, all of the good things, the devil comes up with a counterfeit. The world blesses too, right? The world blesses you when you're perfect, when you have a perfect face or a perfect body or the perfect job. And if you don't, it curses you. God doesn't bless you because you're perfect. He blesses you because Jesus was perfect on your behalf and he always finds you in him. The world blesses you when you are talented. Not so great if you're not talented, right? Or if you lose your talent, you go through a tough season, you hit some depression. 
But God doesn't bless you if you are talented. I love this. God blesses you with talents. The world blesses you when you do anything to get the results they want you to get. But God blesses you when you do the right thing regardless of results. And he works in that. I'm telling you, team, God wants you blessed today. Three thoughts about blessing. Number one, blessing is an exclamation. It's fascinating, isn't it? It starts with somebody speaking it. There's such power in the things we say, in the things we speak out. Blessing is a creative utterance. When someone who knows you or someone doesn't even know you, but they speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit, when someone in faith blesses you on behalf of the Lord, something happens in the spiritual. The Lord bless you and keep you. Secondly, blessing is an expectation. Because it develops something in us which says, I can expect more. I can expect more of God. I can expect more of myself. It is a faith thing that believes that something is happening in the unseen, regardless of what we see in the scene, that will change because God is working. And thirdly, this is important, blessing is a manifestation. You see, blessing was always designed to be seen. God blessed the Israelites. Why? So that the nations around could see the difference between people who follow God and people don't. Blessing was always meant to be seen. And this blessing in number six in particular is so interesting. It's part of a larger body of instructions. And, and, it, and it's to a people who have just come out of a, a situation of slavery, of confinement, and they're coming into a, a new freedom, but this new freedom is still within a desert. Speaks of challenges ahead. No one goes to the desert for a holiday. And so God begins to speak. He speaks about dealing with sin and he, he, he speaks from the outside and he talks about the sins that require being cast out of the camp and then he talks about sins that, are, that, are, that will stop you from coming into the tabernacle and then he talks about the sins that must be dealt with from those who serve in the tabernacle. And this blessing likewise flows in three parts. From the outside, firstly, the Lord bless you and keep you. I'm going to unpack this in a minute. talks about protection from the outside. And then secondly, the Lord make his face shine upon you. It's about the closeness and the kindness of God when he comes face to face with us. And then thirdly, the Lord turn his face towards you. It's about acceptance and about granting of wholeness and health and the ability to multiply and to flourish. This is powerful. I want to go through these one by one. Firstly, it says, The Lord bless you. This is about speaking favor and his divine promise on you. And then he says this, And keep you. Do you know what that means? The Hebrew is shamir. This is what it literally means. It literally means to hedge you about as with a screen of thorns. To guard and protect. The Lord bless and keep you is to put protection around your life. Excuse me. We see this. This is the same blessing that the book of Job speaks about, where Satan himself says in Job 1.10, to the Lord, have you not put a hedge around Job and his household and everything that he has? You have blessed the work of his hands. The Lord bless you and keep you. That is a declaration of God's protection around you, of all that you have, all that is yours, you and your family. We declare this in that song, and we're going to declare it again. The devil cannot breach that. 
without God's express permission or without you giving him authority to. It is about favor and protection. But wait, it goes on. May he make his face shine upon you. Now, this is so intriguing. Because this is talking about the God of the cosmos, the God that created the universe, who cast the stars out, the God of the God of illimitless size and magnificence. And this is what it says. This is the God who comes to you face to face. Make his face shine upon you. And the reference we pick up later on when Moses would go into the tent of meeting and meet with God, it says face to face as a man speaks with his friend. And God's face would shine on Moses and Moses would come out in this absorbed glory of God. His face would shine and people would freak out. He had to wear a veil over his face. This is about God coming to you face to face. This is a picture of his shining face enlightening yours. Warming your soul as the sun warms the earth. These are the, these are the nuances in the Hebrew. It also carries the idea of kindling a fire in you. And then the second part, be gracious to you. Now we know that grace is a gift. And that grace is giving somebody something they don't deserve. Here the Hebrew meaning is to bend or to stoop down in kindness. As to an inferior or as to a small child. What a beautiful picture. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Comes down to you. This is beautiful. You see, this is, this is not given for good behavior. That's, that's why this grace part is so important. This is, not, this is not what God does because you are good. Because you have behaved well because you have got everything right. On the contrary, this is similar to the way a loving child might come down to a small child in the middle of a tantrum. Catch their eye. Give them a bit of a grin until that wee child giggles and comes out of it and calls the goodness out of it. It's undeserved. It's grace. This is what God, this is what God's blessing is for you. God will come to you like that. He will be there for you in that way. And then may he turn his face toward you. This idea of turning to face you is, is all about acceptance. It's all about turning in full acceptance. I love the story of Ian McCormick, the man who was a Kiwi guy stung by five box jellyfish when diving off the island of Mauritius. And he, uh, a deathbed prayer to God died, went to hell, went to heaven. And he talks about as he was, as he was, found himself and his body's dead in the morgue and as he's in his consciousness, he's coming out of hell and he's flying towards God and as he came closer and closer to Jesus, he talks about how it was like these waves emanating off Jesus of pure love, pure acceptance, which would just hit him and just go through his whole body. And he just knew he didn't deserve it. But it would just wash away any, any hint of shame or guilt. It was the most extraordinary thing. That is grace. May he turn his face toward you in and, and this acceptance. And listen to this. And grant you peace. Now this is the Hebrew word shalom. And it is such a broad word. It carries so much meaning. It talks about soundness, wholeness. It talks about health. It talks about prosperity. It talks about wellness. It talks about happiness. It talks about a deep contentedness and settledness in your soul, regardless of circumstances. This is shalom. And He will grant you shalom. 
It's what the father does when the youngest son who has squandered the inheritance, gone off with prostitutes, done every detestable thing. This is what the father does when that son comes back home again. Dishonored everything. And yet as he comes home, the unbelievable happens. The inconceivable happens. The irrational happens. When this father, when his lost son arrives home, when he puts his robe around his shoulders of that prodigal son, puts his ring on his finger, puts his shoes on his feet. All of these are highly symbolic of what God is doing, giving authority back where authority was lost, giving family back where family was lost, giving opportunity back where opportunity was lost, giving second chances where all chances were used up, giving full rights to all that he had, all that he was destined to have, even though he had despised all of those results. It is the covering of what has happened with what will be needed for what is ahead blessing, protection, undeserved kindness, and unearned favor and authority. Tell you what, when you meet someone who's blessed, there's just just something else going on. Remember being in Vietnam a couple of years ago? We were over there, part of our wider missions program, training a bunch of uh, Vietnamese pastors best people on the, on the earth. None of them had more than a primary school education out there, facing persecution in villages right across Vietnam, reaching people with the gospel. And, and we were there with a, quite a small team, and I was there uh, with Pastor Bob was there, uh, Pastor Mike Knott, some of you will know, uh, pioneered our Wellington Elam, or pastored our Wellington Elam Church. Uh, I was there, and also Pastor Daryl, who's the, the lead pastor at Pukekohe Elam right now, our campus. And I just remember in one of the sessions sitting being so struck by watching this guy and his wife and Mike Knott all in their mid-70s, preaching like 20-year-olds, moving like 20-year-olds, honestly, putting me and Daryl to shame. The faith that they had, the power of God that was just flowing through them. Maggie's praying for people, miracles happening. Man, I tell you, it was unbelievable. The faith that was going on in that room when these guys spoke and just the energy that they had, I just remember going, oh my gosh, I want to be like that. I want to look like that when I'm in my mid-70s. Man, these guys are smoking hot. It's unbelievable. I know people in their 70s and there is nothing like that going on. What is it? And how do I have it? That's what I remember thinking. Whatever that is, I got to have now. It's the blessing of God. It's the blessing that makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. It's the blessing of God that doesn't guarantee a trouble-free existence, but it gives an overcoming kind of life. That's what that is. And we're gonna we're gonna sing this song again now. We're gonna we're gonna feel it declared over ourselves. We're gonna declare it over ourselves. I'm gonna declare it over you. And then in just a few moments. If there's a gap in your soul, if you've never had a father speak that blessing over your life, then I'm going to ask these four generals of the faith, these four fathers in the faith to come forward this morning. And when I tell you, I'm just going to make an opportunity. If that's what you want, just come out of your seat.
make some way, come on down here. doesn't matter if you're 20 or if you're 80. It's no difference at all. Some of us have been carrying holes in our soul for far too long. So come forward and these men are gonna just going to pray a Father's blessing on you. <laughs> on behalf of the Lord. Come on, let's get to our feet this morning. Let's get to our feet. Let's just close your eyes just for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Let's just sing this together. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. And keep you. And keep you. Make his face shine upon. Make his face shine upon. Be gracious. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you. And give peace. Can I just ask these men to come forward now? Pastor John, Pastor Bruce, Pastor Bob, Roger, one of our elders, come forward. Just stand up here. Let's face the congregation. And as we sing this song, you are under no compulsion. But if you would love a Father's blessing this morning, just come on up, stand in front of one of these people and receive something from the Lord today that'll make a difference in your life. Come on, let's just worship the Lord together. Bless you, Jesus. The Lord bless you. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Keep you, make his face shine upon you, and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. See what destinies are going to change today. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. And keep you, make his face shine upon you, and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you, and give you children and their children and their children 
May his presence be upon you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you, he is with you in the morning. It's not too late to come if you want to come. Just come on down. And you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing. He is for you, he is for you, he is for you. He is for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is children and their children and their children be his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going in your weeping and rejoicing he is for you, 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 he is for you. Some destiny's got changed here today. Some lives got changed today here today. I tell you, some things got shifted here today. I tell you, what, some people's directions were over here, and some now sounds like guys like, yeah, now we're back on track today. Some things happened today. I just know, I feel it. I feel it. And I think there's some of you that should have been maybe up here. And it's not too late. You can still come, or you can go to the next service because we're going to be doing the same thing in the next service. And I've asked these guys to stay up here after the service because we want the worship team to be able to come as well, our kids team to be able to come, our voltage team. So we're going to be hanging around doing this for a while. We're going to be hanging around doing this for a while. But let me say this to you. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, if you've never made that decision of going, God, I'm going to put my faith in you, Lord. Let me say to you, He loves you. The Bible says that for God so loved the world. It doesn't say He loved the Christians. It says He loves the world, that He gave His only Son. The Bible says that, we can't know and experience God's plan for our lives because we're sinners and 
who have all sinned and fallen short of God's standard. But Jesus came as the way, the truth, and the life, died on a Roman cross 2,000 years ago to take all of the sin of the world so that through faith in Him, we can be made right with God in a moment, regardless of where we've come from, what we've done. The Bible says, whoever, whoever receives Him, whoever believes in His name, He gives the right to them to become children of God. Look, if that's you this morning, that's you this morning. It's time for you to come home, time for you to, to come back to God, maybe for the first time. Maybe you've done this before, but you've drifted away. If that's, if that's you this morning, this is your moment. Church, can we just close our eyes together for a moment? And I, I, I want to say to you, if that's you, you just gotta you just gotta pray a prayer of receiving him. It's you just do it in faith. You trust God with it. It's, it's not because you're good, it's because he's good and he loves you. You can pray a prayer as simple as this. Why don't you pray along with me right now, just in your heart between you and the Lord. Dear God, thank you that you love me. But God, I've been separated from you by my sin. But this morning, I believe Jesus came for me, died for me, made a way for me. And so I receive you, Jesus, now as my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for my sins. God, and I forgive all those who have sinned against me. God, I release them into your hands. But Lord, would you fill me with your spirit right now? Would you make me new on the inside like you said you would? Thank you, Lord, for receiving me as yours. I declare you are my Lord, my God, my Savior. From this moment on, I will follow you. And it won't be perfect, but I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to pray a prayer in just a moment for every person who prayed that this morning. I just love you to do something really brave for me. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just love to know who I'm praying for from up here. If that's you this morning, would you just right now like this? Lift your hand up, give me a wave. Say, yeah, Mike, that was me. And I prayed that prayer. Anyone here this morning? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Wonderful. Anyone else here this morning? Pray that. God bless you. Good on you, bro. So good. The Bible says that there's a party in heaven. There was a party in heaven the day that I gave my life to Jesus in that filthy gas station on Manukau Road. There was a party in heaven when I did. There's a party in heaven right now. Hallelujah. Mighty God, I thank you for these ones who have taken a step of faith today. A step of faith, putting their trust in you. God, I thank you, Lord God, that you take anybody from anywhere at any time. God, you took me, Lord, and you changed me. God, you can change me, you can change anybody. God, I thank you, Lord, that nothing is the same. I pray your favor, God. I pray your protection. I pray over these ones. I declare the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. He will be there. He will come down to you wherever you are. Lord, turn his face towards you because he accepts you today and grant you shalom, grant you peace, goodness and wholeness and a future and a hope. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to wrap this service up in just a moment. I'm ask, let's just come up here and, and uh, just share a few final thoughts with us as we go. I want to say thank you to everyone this morning. I tell you, God has been doing something powerful in our midst today. And uh, in just a few moments, when we do wrap the service, if I can ask those four 
Do you want my guys to come back up again? You can take, grab a seat now, but come back up again because we want our worship team to have an opportunity as well. And then obviously we've got another service to get in here in a short time. Thanks, babe.